I'm going to add in um, Spurs as well because Spurs, oh, Spurs, 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 Spurs. Um, have you seen the Champions League draw? I haven't actually. No, I've not. You I'm, guys I'm have not got Real Madrid. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Um, uh, what are the draws? It's Man City, Dortmund, Porto, Chelsea, Bayern, PSG, Real Madrid, Liverpool. Then in the semi-finals, it's Bayern or PSG against City or Dortmund. Then it's Real Madrid and Liverpool against Porto or Chelsea. Those are some juicy ties, you know. They are. Repeated the final as well last year, PSG and Bayern. Of course it is, yeah. 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 Wow. I'm liking that. <clears throat> I'm liking that draw. That'd be good. Yeah. Uh, was there something? Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a, just a few lines on each each of the games apart from Real Madrid Atalanta uh pretty much the the city game and Bayern Lazio because I didn't watch those games and they kind of went just as expected but you know yeah to be fair those games on um I think it was Tuesday night or Wednesday night Tuesday night were just terrible <laughs> like it was just just a procession like Madrid and Bayern yeah easy yeah easy wins I feel like I should just leave this in this whole bit <laughs> leave it in at the start um right episode two i've decided to call this the on the ed podcast oh, i was gonna say what, yeah. what are we gonna call it on the ed um, on the ed so i've actually made a um, a soundcloud as well i'll link you it later oh, um, i've cool. uploaded the first one um so yeah it's episode two um i was going to talk about juve first because i didn't really think there's going to be anything very interesting in the europa league but jake spurs did a spurs <laughs> bottled it <laughs> uh, i i can't believe it I actually cannot believe it. I mean, being 2 0 up in the first leg, that's kind of like a, you know, you're going through. Just even, They had two away goals as well. Yeah. That's the thing. Was it two away goals? No, no, it was a home, no, home Two home goals. Thing, they yeah. needed one away goal. That was one. it. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I, I, I don't know what's happening at Spurs because Spurs will go and have a really good run of form and win, you know, win games that you don't think they'll win. And then go and lose to Slavia. Uh, who was it? Um, Dinamo Zagreb. Uh, Dinamo Zagreb. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I had a brain freeze. <laughs> uh, Jose's not going to be happy. Put it that way. <laughs> is he? Is he going to be in a job? Do you reckon soon? That did. That thought did cross my mind. Uh, if they don't win the Carabao Cup, potentially. Yeah, that's a huge cup final. <laughs> if they don't win the Carabao Cup, and you could argue, don't qualify for. Europe next season. Yeah. And I'm not talking Europa Conference League because no one cares about that's, Europa that's, Conference yeah. League. No one cares about that. Yeah. Do you know what, though? They had so many chances to start the game. Like, yeah. Harry Kane had a great chance. They were just getting into the box so many times. Like, they honestly, after 20 minutes, they should have been 3 4 0 up. <laughs> I, I don't know how they lost it. Um, Orsic scored the hat trick, obviously, to, to win the game for Zagreb. He was incredible. Like, two of his goals, the first and his third goal were amazing. And extra, I don't know where he got the energy, but extra time, he just ran past about four Tottenham players and scored. And I was sat there going, how, how did you do that? Like, you've got to be knackered. But, I think um, it's Joe Hart in goal. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Tottenham got cocky. That's yeah. probably the, the, one, the only explanation for it. Spurs got cocky. Yeah. Um... It's it's a weird one with Spurs because, like you said, they go through really good form. But the the analysis after the Arsenal game was scathing. Like, I've I've not seen that criticism of Spurs in a very long time. Like that lack of intensity, lack of motivation. Um, I don't want to call it a lack of motivation because I I hate calling into question people's professionalism. But last couple of games, they have been dreadful. 
Like they've re- they, they really they have. have been so bad. They have. Um, I just wonder if it's sort of you know something going on behind the scenes. Mourinho's fallen out with them over something or or what. But against um, Arsenal, they made Arsenal look like Arsenal of old. Yeah. In the way they played, that like, they were awful, awful. Would you say Arsenal were on a on a good level Sunday, or was it literally just Spurs being so bad that Arsenal, they were okay? They yeah. were okay, but they weren't. You know, they weren't great by any stretch of the imagination. No, they they um, the result flattered them. I'd say. Yeah, I, I think two on is probably a fair fair result for the quality of well, the quality of the teams isn't matched to the level they're at at the moment, but. Both teams have been on somewhat of a of a decline. I mean, Arsenal, yeah, they've won the FA Cup, but they lost last night as well at home to Olympiacos. They did, didn't they? Went yeah. through, but lost one 0 Yeah, um, El Arabi, who has been haunting them for the last year, scored. And <laughs> w- when he scored, I thought, oh, here we go again. He's gonna uh, he's gonna down Arsenal. But um, yeah, I I had that hope in the back of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I was flicking between the games, so I saw that Olympiacos had scored. So I thought, oh, I'm going to switch over to that game now. And then I saw that um, Zagreb had scored. And I thought, oh, right, okay, that's going to be the good game now. So I switched. I'm glad I switched back over because it was a really good game in the end between those two. Yeah. Um, Arsenal obviously in then to the last uh, last eight, quarterfinals now. Quarterfinals now, as well. yeah. Um, what, what do you make of their chances? Because obviously it, it wasn't a good performance from them either last night. They did lose at home to Olympiacos, who, in fairness, they are like one of those, I guess it's like the Europa League equivalent of say a Wolves or someone who they can put out that surprise result. Um, do you think Arsenal have a chance of winning the Europa League? Especially when you look at the fact that obviously United beat AC Milan last night. So AC Milan are out. I think they were my favourite, I have to say, to win it. They were my favourite as well. Probably. Um, they were my favourite probably second to Spurs. Because I thought if Spurs, Spurs can win, but obviously they yeah. bottled it. They bottled it again. Um <laughs> Do you reckon Arsenal have a chance then of winning it at this stage? I'd be lying if I said no. Um, but they are Arsenal. Yes. that That's the only thing. <laughs> they're not quite Spurs, though. <laughs> well, they're, they're turning more into Spurs. That's true. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, they, they, sh- they could win it, but there are still some big teams in it. Like I think Villarreal is still in it, aren't they? And they're, they're always one for... They do all right in the Spanish league, but that they could shock and win. Um, Manchester United, obviously, you can't you can't discount United, especially after beating uh, beating AC Milan yesterday. But then AC Milan have kind of they've dipped a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you uh, know what? As well, I thought about calling this the Where's Pogba podcast at one point, and then he goes and scores last night. It's a really good finish as well. <laughs> there he is. Um, <laughs> there, there, yeah, he's right there. Tom Cross will be livid. He will, won't he? Um, but uh, Pogba's another one of those kind of enigmas in a way, where like he's almost like a Spurs, where he'll he'll be on some really good form, and then he'll come back and do what he did last night and play really really well. My kind of query is. For a player who's worth so much, United paid so much for him. Why is he so inconsistent? Because it just almost feels like sometimes he goes on the pitch and decides, you know what, I'm going to put on a worldie today. And sometimes he thinks, I'll just kind of 
yeah, play the ball about, you know, I'll put on a decent performance, but nothing that's going to set the world alight. I'm not saying, obviously, that's an active choice that he makes to not, <laughs> to not play exceptionally well. But why is there that inconsistency? Because he is such a good player. Um, I don't know. I feel like he didn't want the move to Manchester United. I don't think in the initially, obviously United fans wanted it. Um, I feel like he wanted that move to Real Madrid or to Barcelona because Barcelona were in form at the time. Um, and Manchester United weren't. I mean, Manchester United haven't been a team battling for trophies for for a while now. Yeah, they won the Europa League five, six years ago. However. Yeah, How long 2017. Probably yeah. his first season, actually. Yeah. Um, I think he actually scored. He scored the goal in the final. It was a massive deflection, I remember, against Ajax. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, obviously, that's the Europa League. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I, used, I watched him sometimes at Juve, and he was incredible pretty much every single game. Then, I think, probably let his ego get to him. He think, oh, I've just moved to Manchester United for £90 million. I'm, yeah. I'm great. Look at me. <laughs> all those dabs <laughs> that's done him in yeah um going back to the europa league i mean there's there's what a few teams who you could argue there's arsenal manchester united roma villarreal and could even potentially yeah, right. ajax's year Do you know what? i always forget about roma <laughs> I, I always just forget about them but obviously you'll 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 hate this but they knocked out barca <laughs> they, um, they did yeah but that, that was like what that's three years ago three years now, ago yeah so. um they're they probably still living off that high, to be honest. I mean, yeah. Liverpool did for two seasons. Yeah, <laughs> look at them now. Yeah. They're doing really well. Um, yeah, there, there are some good teams in there this season. I think it could be a really close... I mean, like the Champions League draw obviously looks really good. Obviously, you've got Bayern, PSG, Real Madrid, Liverpool, Man City, Dortmund, Porto, Chelsea. Um, so Chelsea should probably win 6-0 in the first leg, to be fair. But um, I mean, in, in both the European competitions, I think this is one of the best... Uh, runs to the final that we've seen yet in terms of the quality that's there and the amount of teams that can win it. Um, we'll touch on this in a minute because like in the Champions League, for example, there isn't really a team in there that I can definitively point at and say they're going to win it. Whereas last season, I looked at Juve and said they're going to win it and they didn't. Um, but this season, I just don't know. Like, I, I can't even make up my mind as to who's going to win it. Last last couple of seasons, I've been able to do that, but obviously I've been wrong. Um I don't know. And it's the same with the Europa League, to be fair. I just don't know who's going to win it. I think it's it's really exciting. You don't know who's going to win it unless Sevilla are in it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you go to the Champions League, you, there's one team that stands out, I think, as potential winners, but aren't definite. And that's obviously Bayern, because Bayern are just incredible at the moment. But then you could argue Chelsea, because... They beat Atletico. They yeah, did. They beat nice. Atletico quite convincingly as well. Yeah, we'll touch on that. In a, in a minute but yeah they're, they're also a team I guess that it's a bit like a Roma syndrome where you kind of forget about it sometimes but Chelsea are they, they are looking really good so. especially under Tuchel exactly yeah yeah Um. so I mentioned Juve you mentioned Juve before that it is kind of the elephant in the room Um. <laughs> what happened that, that was I mean obviously it was last week so kind of it, it's it's been a while since obviously the inquest will have been done and Juve probably would have would have moved on um, I I'm mean, not. <laughs> no, what well, a game! What yeah, a it was an incredible game. game. Um, especially that there was uh, thirty minutes of extra time. Yeah, that but, that free kick. Oh, 
Yeah, I, I thought the net was going to fall off. Just like to say, Ronaldo was at fault for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. He, I mean, he, 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 he was meant to be like standing firm, wasn't he? In, well, in he, world, he but... made three mistakes. He jumped, he moved to the side and he opened his legs yeah. and the ball just went straight through. I'm not taking anything away from the strike. What a strike. Yeah, hell of an effort. But, yeah. Um, Porto thoroughly deserved to win. Well, they didn't win the game, did they? They, they deserved to go through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then when Rabio scored straight afterwards, I was yeah. like, oh, no. That was a great header as well. It was a very, very good header. header. Yeah. I, I was just there screaming, going, oh, my God, yeah. what, what could happen here? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like Juve, I, obviously, they should have won in terms of, you know, who should have won on form. But on the night as well, Morata had a shocker in front of goal. He was, I mean, I mean, the, the goal he scored was offside. I'm, um, I'm convinced the man typical. lives offside. Yeah. <laughs> he was born offside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he missed so many good chances, though, Morata. Like, he, he, should have, he should have won that game for, for Juve. Chiesa, obviously, was, was brilliant. Chiesa um, was brilliant. Like, he was the unlikely Juve hero, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, that, that's an odd one, isn't it? How, uh, how are you going to explain that Ajax, uh, not Ajax, sorry, uh, that Porto lost the game, drew the game, but also won the game? Yeah. It's a conundrum, <laughs> isn't it? It is. I guess that also brings into play like the offside rule. Um, oh, the offside rule. The, the away goals rule. Because I think it's just massively outdated. Oh, it is. Because obviously it was brought in because teams were travelling quite far. And then the away goal was to kind of reward them for that. But it's like, it, it's just a three-hour I was going to say, it's another plane it's journey now. Nothing traveling anymore. You get teams like Arsenal traveling up to Manchester on a plane to. Uh, I mean, you get me. don't get me wrong, that's not like going to bloody Prague, but. No. Um, um, the uh, Europa League draw has just taken place. Got uh, a big tie in Ajax Roma. So that's one of the, uh, the big five that could potentially ooh, go out. Uh, Arsenal have got Slavia Prague, who are. Who are running off of you know um, beating Leicester over two legs and and Rangers to and spell. they they beat Rangers quite convincingly yesterday. Uh, Granada Manchester United so that's pretty much a straight yeah, win for Manchester United. United. Then uh, Villarreal have Dinamo Zagreb. So there's only one arguably good tie there unless you're an Arsenal or, Gran- or a Manchester United fan. Yeah, so that's that is going to be a big game between. <laughs> Ajax and them, and we've timed the recording of this podcast so well. We have, haven't we? Now we're just kind of trying to figure out who's going to win. <laughs> um, yeah, that that would be a big game, Ajax and Roma, because, like you say, that's two of the big ones. So the other teams, like for example, the sides who have got an easier draw, like Man United, they'll be looking at that and going, okay, so that's going to be one of the big guns out straight away, mm. and then that's an easier road. I guess Arsenal will be thinking that as well. Well, that does mean we could have an Arsenal Manchester United final. Yeah. Yeah, we could do. Imagine that, because like, but then again, ten the or <laughs> ten or so years ago, that should have been a Champions League final. Oh yeah, like imagine if that ends up being a Europa League final. Oh, but the last Europa League final uh, Arsenal were in, they were awful. Got battered four-one by Chelsea, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, that game in Baku. Nobody, nobody enjoyed that uh, in terms of like the spectacle because fans had to travel so far to get to Baku. <laughs> it's literally in the middle of nowhere. Nobody enjoyed that year for European football, really. I mean, Liverpool fans did because they won it, but like, they're, yeah. they're two very bad finals. Yeah, the Champions League <laughs> final was so bad. <sighs> I, at least there were goals in the Europa League final, but the Champions League final was 
obviously, as a Liverpool fan, I wasn't complaining, but it was such a bad game. But how are you going to have two semi-finals that were so so good? Yeah. To then having that final, like, yeah. Oh come on, <laughs> it was poor. It's like having McGregor and Khabib on the undercard, and then <laughs> yeah, and then Derek Lewis is the main event. <laughs> it wouldn't make any sense. Um, we, to be fair, I was going to touch on Madrid's win against Atalanta, but there's almost no point. Cause yeah, it, was, it, was, it was just a non-event, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Real Madrid went into this game. Oh look, we're uh, we're up on aggregate. They were only one nil up, but mm. in all fairness, but. Atalanta aren't the side they were last year. Yeah, Atalanta were a very good side, but then they sold quite a few of their players. You yeah. know, like they sold um, Castagna to Leicester, Papu Gomez to uh, to Sevilla. They sold some of their good players. Yeah, I was still surprised though, because obviously they beat Liverpool at Anfield. Uh, they the, did beat, yeah, they did at the they? end of last year. So for me, I was expecting I was expecting Madrid to win, but I was expecting Atalanta to show a lot more than they did. It was only really towards the end of the game that. The uh, the forwards were actually really trying to penetrate the the defense, mm. and um, I was just so disappointed by Atalanta. Like, like Madrid deserved the win; they they played really really well, but um, I was really surprised by how poor Atalanta were and and how kind of out of ideas they looked um, throughout the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, after that, Real Madrid are unbeaten in in nine. Won the last uh, well, won seven out of the last nine games. They've drawn two, so yeah, they're on a good run of form, especially considering. It's coming up to the end of La Liga as well. Yeah, that's true. We've got um, El Clasico next month as well. El Clasico uh, is so next month. Hopefully that'll be a, a better game than it was. Because it was, Madrid won the last one, didn't they? I think I can't know. Yeah, they did. Um, they, I think they won it quite convincingly as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember a lot of Barca fans were blaming the ref for that one. Uh, Barca fans blame the ref whenever yeah. they lose. But <laughs> <laughs> that's just as uh, simple as that. Um, the other game on that night, City and Gladbach, was similar story. It was just really... Boring and that, I mean, I say boring. Obviously, that kind of discounts Manchester City because again, it was a dominant performance and they well they the, played the as we expect them to. The play. first half they were very good, and then the second half they just dropped off and defended, which is yeah. exactly what you expect. Yeah, it's fair enough when you got that lead, I guess. Ooh. Um, Ooh, Manchester United, they're in for a tough, a tough game if they win against Granada, Ajax right. against or Roma. Ooh. And then, uh, <laughs> so, so one of the big guns gets knocked out, and then they got to face the other one anyway. Yeah, so it could be a Manchester United Arsenal final. Could well be. Yeah, it's. I mean, I guess from an English football perspective, it is good to not have the two English teams facing each other in the semi final. Well, there's five five teams in the in competition still. Of sixteen, yeah, yeah. there's five uh, five English, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying there's gonna be an all English final, but um, it's it's good that obviously. If if they both get into the semis, there's still a chance that they'll both get in the final. Because um, yeah, I yeah, think for for English football, it would be it would be a positive thing to see them in. Because I, I remember a few years ago when um, England was kind of laughed at. Like English teams just didn't have a chance in the Champions League because you had Real Madrid, Juventus, PSG, Barcelona, who were just running the show. Obviously, PSG never had a chance of winning it because they're PSG. Um, <laughs> but um, I shouldn't say that. To be fair. Well, take, you know, 2010 to uh, 2020. You had, what, Inter, Barca, um, Real Madrid about five times. Yeah. Um, I mean, Chelsea won it in 2012, to be fair. Chelsea did win it in 2012. Bayern have won it twice. Inter won it once. Chelsea won it. Barca won it twice. And then Real Madrid won the rest of them. So uh, that's a lot. That's very Spanish heavy. Yeah. Even when you look at the Europa League, very Spanish heavy. Yeah, Sevilla. 
obviously. <laughs> yeah, severe. Severe every time. And um, if not severe, Atleti. Yes. They won it yeah. as well, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, they, they won 3-0 in a final. I forgot, I forgot who they played. Uh, they played... It was someone like Ajax again, but it, I don't think it was Ajax. Yeah. But they were very good, I know that much. 2018, it's when Griezmann was robbed of the Ballon d'Or. And Luka Modric won it instead. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get that. I did not understand how Modric won that. Like, I mean, again, it's like I don't want to be disrespectful. Like, Modric is a good player. He's a really solid midfielder, but he was not. He was not the Ballon d'Or winner, was he? Let's be honest. The Ballon d'Or winner then should have been Antoine Griezmann. He yeah. won. He won the Super Cup, the European Super Cup against Real Madrid that year. He won the World Cup, scoring goals as well, and he won the Europa League. And how is that not Ballon d'Or worthy? Yeah, <laughs> he he was incredible. Like he had such a good season. Not not just the celebrations, but um, <laughs> just generally like his. I feel like he was one of those players that almost redefined the number nine. Yeah, well, it's the season way. that got him the move to Barcelona, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, you could argue. Yeah, and um, he's done really well since then. <laughs> but um, yeah. but no, that that season he was he was incredible. He was um, <laughs> his his centre forward play was second to none. Um, so yeah, I think he deserved it. Obviously. I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes there's there's almost like um, I, I don't want to call it positive discrimination because we shouldn't get into that. But <laughs> it's like I, I feel like people get tired of seeing a forward win it every year, and yeah. I feel like social media has a massive impact on that. So people are saying, well, we don't want a centre forward to win it every time. But how can you not when you've got Messi and Ronaldo in their thirties still ripping it up every yeah, season? Yeah. Well, even Lewandowski this season. Lewandowski as well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he should have won it last year. Yeah, well, the only reason he didn't is because it was cancelled. It didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't really know why. Like, why not just hold it remotely or something? I, I don't know. They just, if, is he going to win it this year or for twenty twenty one? Do you think? I think he should. Like, for example, I watched him against Dortmund, and I I, I struggle to see a play, another player. Obviously, you have got Messi, Ronaldo, but there's just those players who turn up in the big games, and you've got so many players who people call world class. Like, for example, Ozil was always called world-class. but And to be fair, his talent is amazing. But, you know, he would come up against a big team and it was almost like he wasn't there. Well, it's a bit like Bruno Fernandes, really, isn't it? <laughs> Could say that. Yeah. Yeah. Not entirely wrong. I mean, obviously, I feel like maybe he needs a bit more time, say, start of next season. But then again, yeah, but they did Manchester pay a lot of money United, for him. You've got Manchester United fans calling him the best player in the world. Yeah. You can't be the best player in the world if you don't show up in the big games. Like, no. Come on. It's true. Um, yeah, I remember. Um, I remember Roy Keane was like telling him to to stop being such a baby or something when uh, <laughs> when Fernandez was like replying to not hate but just criticism of him against against big teams. Oh, I love but Roy it's Keane. like I love him. He's he's so on it. Like he, even as a Liverpool fan, I, I just love him because he's he's honest. He's brutally honest. He's brutally honest, um, and I love that about him. Um, but yeah, I, I I think like you said, you can't call some of the best in the world because especially when you've got people like Kevin De Bruyne Lionel Messi Ronaldo who always turn up in the big games you can't you can't call someone who doesn't really turn up the best player in the world it's, it just doesn't work like that obviously I get it like you're a United fan and you want your players to be held in that in that regard and he is a good player but he needs to do a lot more yeah. before he's called the best in the world well I, I think Manchester United fans still think that they're you know a, a huge club. They're a big club in terms of you know history and that. But right now, they're not. Yeah, yeah they might be second in the Premier League, but that's just because teams around them, apart from Man City, are very poor. Yeah, 
Like Chelsea, I expected Chelsea to win the league this season, but then they yeah, I thought they would. But then like they just they just fell off. I mean they're on the comeback, but it's too little too late yeah. now. I mean start of the season when Chelsea signed all these players, like they got Thiago Silva, they got Timo Werner, they got Havertz, uh, they got Ziyech, and I thought. Frank Lampard is spending all this money. He's got all these world-class players now. And I remember at the start of the season, I was saying to everyone, if Chelsea don't win the league this season, they failed. This is a failed season. Oh, yeah. With, with the amount of top-quality players they've signed, there's no way they can not win the league and call it a good season. Um, obviously, if Tuchel's... they win the Champions League, then you could call that a good season, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, Because Real, yeah, Madrid, Real Madrid got off of winning three Champions Leagues in a row and being called like the best team ever, despite the fact they didn't win a La Liga title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So... Straight Barca, Barca were dominating that. So if if they do win the Champions League, then fair enough, I'll I'll take it back, you know, and I'll say yeah, it's a good season. Um, I think partly I was saying that because I just didn't expect them to compete for the Champions League. Well, but no, obviously... after. after... You know, Lampard was sacked, and before, before he, uh, even before he was sacked, you just didn't think they really had a chance. No, no. but now I think they're are they thirteen unbeaten now, or or something like um, that, or, or twelve unbeaten. It's thirteen unbeaten now. Yeah, um, which is, I mean, I think that that win against Atletico, um, I mean, as you said, it was so convincing, and I was so surprised. Um. It's like cause I think Chelsea proved that they're a great team. Giroud proved that he still got it, especially in those, oh, in those big moments. <laughs> uh, that was incredible. Um, Atletico, though, with Simeone in, in charge, like again, some really top class players in that side. I, I honestly thought they would walk it. I really thought they would just like not not smash Chelsea five nil both games, but they would score, they would control the game, and they wouldn't look like conceding. I think their problem is they were chasing an away goal. Yeah, because. Chelsea got that away goal in Madrid, which meant that Atleti had to, they had to come out fighting essentially. Yeah. In uh, at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, I mean that that first game though, I I didn't expect Chelsea to score. I I know it was a a class goal. <laughs> it, it it came out of nowhere really. Yeah, it did. <laughs> but obviously Atletico beat Liverpool last season, and aside from very convincingly, yeah, well. like one or two opportunities in the first leg, Liverpool didn't have a sniff when no. when when they went away. So I thought that would be a similar story this time. Um, but Chelsea, they just had this extra bit of quality. I, I guess one of the questions that a lot of Chelsea fans will ask, obviously I'm not a Chelsea fan, you're not a Chelsea fan, so we wouldn't really, uh, I don't really know what to say about it, but um, would that have happened under Frank Lampard, do you reckon? No, not a chance. Uh, Thomas Tuchel's a different type of manager. Mm. I mean, Frank Lampard was kind of forced into this job. Well, he wasn't forced into it, obviously, but he... Um... There was a lot of pressure for him to do. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it was the wrong time. Yeah. He was still doing all right at Derby. He got them up there. Um, I think another season at Derby could have even potentially got him into the Premier League. Then he would have been like, okay, right now I can potentially uh, go and prove myself. Mm. But like you know, Tuchel's come in, played thirteen games, hasn't lost a single one of them. Um. And uh, in in their last. Uh, Last thirteen games, they've won nine, drawn three. But not only have they won nine, it's not like against you know small teams. They've beaten Atleti twice, yeah. Spurs, Liverpool, and Everton, and they got a draw against uh, against United, didn't they? Yeah. So like, it's not like they've you know got lucky and played small teams at the right time. Yeah, I remember when um, Solskjaer took over at United, and they beat 
these I don't want to say minnows, but they were small teams. Well, they, they, they beat Reading for now. They beat Reading Cup, so yeah, yeah. minnows. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take it back. No, they, 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 they beat did. Reading. I, I'm but, um, still amazed that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's in a job. Yeah, I, I thought he would have been sacked last season, but I I just remember the fanfare over it. Like they, they they've beaten some teams who, with respect, are not big teams at all, oh, and then well, and everyone's calling him the best manager in the world. Yeah. I, I, I don't know about the other three games. I know they won their first four, and then one of them was against Reading. They didn't deserve to beat Reading. No, Reading didn't take their chances. <laughs> That's the reason that United won that game. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. I think Manchester United fans they see through rose-tinted lenses don't they yeah <laughs> they're like oh look at him he's so great he's the next sir alex ferguson because <laughs> yeah, he used to play for us and he I won think, us that champions league in 1999 <laughs> i think to an extent like you, you definitely understand it because like, you, you want to be optimistic of course and you want to say that in, in the next few years we'll be back to the top because obviously if you don't have that if you're not optimistic then what's the so, point what's the point <laughs> in being a football fan um but yeah you're right united are uh, I don't know. I, I I'm still amazed that Mourinho got second place with that United team in 2017. Well, he said that's one, that's his biggest achievement in football, yeah. didn't he? Getting second place with that Manchester United yeah. team. <laughs> it's it's a success without a trophy. Well, it was well, it was amazing. He was there when they won the Europa League, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. 2017. Yeah. So I mean, like um, Mourinho says, you know, wherever I go, I win trophies. He's not lying. <laughs> no, yeah, he's right. Yeah, he even won the Champions League with Porto. Like, yeah, spot on. Was it? Um, I'm trying to think because it, it was that third season syndrome, wasn't it? In twenty, yeah, twenty eighteen nineteen, because that was the third season with 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 United. Yeah, um, and it just all went to pot. Like he, he, even pre season, you could tell that this team is screwed. Like they're. Like he he's already having a go at Pogba, Pogba's already having a go at him. Yeah. His agents getting involved, and he just thought this is going to be such a messy season for them. Um, and it was, <laughs> and it was. I, I I don't get why Mourinho struggles so much in his third season. Like, is it is it just because he signs the wrong players, or is his attitude just so bad that he just upsets the whole squad? I I don't know, but it's always his third season isn't it, that he just yeah, it, he struggles. It, it's a mystery. Uh, I don't think I'll ever get why some managers, you know, can do really well for three seasons, then just not. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it. It's in, like I think, to be fair, to an extent, football moves too quickly now. Because I remember, I remember seeing this thing when Sir Alex, like his first game for Man United, and he he got he got absolutely battered. Like, it was a really poor game from them, and obviously he went on to win so many trophies in charge for 26 years arguably the um, best manager ever <laughs> yeah and it's like I, I guess I mentioned social media before I suppose that's that's that kind of has an impact now because Frank Lampard was rushed into that Chelsea job because everybody was jumping on social media and saying he needs that Chelsea job he's a Chelsea legend making the manager make it happen now I can't wait another year for that to happen it has to happen right now whereas back then you didn't have that influence which is why I think managers were able to thrive you know what's going to happen though the exact same thing is going to happen to Steven Gerrard. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he won the league with Rangers, bear in mind. But it's the Scottish League. Scottish League, yeah. yeah. My nan could win the Scottish League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't think of many Premier League teams that couldn't, to be honest. I, I think that most of the clubs in the bottom half of the Premier League could probably win the Scottish League. Probably, yeah. The Scottish League is so, so, so poor. Yeah. And I don't... Uh, 
I mean, there's still these talks of, oh, let's uh, let's combine the leagues. Let's see how well Celtic and Rangers will do in the Premier League. Yeah, they'll finish, you know, eighth and ninth every season, if that. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be very special, as uh, Mourinho would say. Um, yeah, Ger- Gerard's. A, I mean, obviously, we 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 talked we about talked, last we talked week, about we? Love and and um, Jurgen Klopp last week. Um, yeah, I Gerard's obviously come out and said that he's not the man for the job and Jurgen Klopp is. Um, so I, I, I personally don't think it's going to happen this summer. Not until next season. No. But is even next year, like, is that too early, do you reckon? Seeing as Gerard is still, for a manager, very young and his career has not been going on very long at all. How how do you judge if it's too early or not? That's the problem. Yeah, The true. thing is, you could say too early, but if he goes and wins the league with Rangers next year, you're like, oh, well, he's got pedigree and winning trophies now, technically. He's won two seasons on the trot with a team that hasn't won the league in, four, in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, to be honest, I remember when Rodgers left Celtic and went to, to Leicester, and I thought, what is he doing? Because like, well, every Celtic fan said it as well. They, yeah. I hate him now. Yeah. And I, I thought you've built up such a good rapport with them. Like, why would you leave? And then also, I, I can't see what he thinks he's going to get out of the, Cel- uh, of the Leicester job. But in fairness to him, since he's taken over, it like it's taken a bit of a while for them to to really be consistent and for you to say, yeah, okay, this team can definitely get top four every season. But I think that's just because the board had patience with him, and well, that's, that's what I don't see there. enough of. He's only been there just over two years, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, I think he's had three. Premier League finishes now. I oh, know two Premier League finishes. I think he finished ninth his first season, but then he did come in halfway. And then the season after, he finished fifth. Yes, they should have got Champions League. I'm not denying mm. that. But yeah, for a team like you know, team like Leicester, yes, they won the Premier League, but that was a complete fluke. Mm. And the likelihood of that happening again is five thousand to one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, put a bet on it now, folks. But um, they they have they've had patience with him, but then you've got to have patience with a manager like Rogers, I'd say. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. Rogers isn't just that the type of type of manager just go out buy 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 buy, you know he's not like Frank Lampard when he did that or Mourinho in that case he he looks around he scouts out he buys players that he thinks he knows will do well like he bought Yuri Tielemans after after signing him on loan for a season, which means he. He got a look at him for an entire season. Yeah. Um, AOC Perez probably wasn't in his best judgment, spending forty million on him. Yeah, I, I thought that would work. Actually. So did I. I thought him and Vardy up top would score goals left, right, and centre. Yeah. Instead, it's just Vardy scoring all the goals. He had a great game against um, against Southampton that nine 0 win. Oh, um, I think they all did. Yeah, to be fair, everyone <laughs> did. But um, and I thought after that performance, obviously I know it was a shocking performance from Southampton, but I thought. Yeah, this is this is a good signing for Leicester, but he just hasn't really performed. I guess, in some ways, and again, I don't want to disrespect Newcastle, mm. but it is relatively easy for a player like Ayodele Perez to look good at Newcastle, um, oh, considering where they are. Which is a shame where they are, because they were a team that once upon a time competed for the Premier League and were in European football, and now they're languishing down towards the bottom in the Premier League. Well, I think they're going down this season. Do you reckon what it's worth? Yeah, I think they will. I hope they do. You hope they do. I hope they do. <laughs> because Newcastle fans are arrogant. They're some of the most arrogant fans I, I fans I know. They're like, oh, we deserve to be in the Premier League. They're like Leeds fans. 
<laughs> we deserve to be in the Premier League. We deserve to be Blake, you haven't been in the Premier League for 16 years. You still deserve to be in the Premier League, do you? Reading have been in the Premier League more times than the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, I don't know. I think we, we, we've had this discussion a few times, and it's like I, I can definitely find that compromise where, in, in the sense that like Leeds, at the minute, no, they're not a big club because... They've just got back to the Premier League. It took them too long, in my view. It took to them do it. sixteen years to come back yeah, up. Yeah. And also, how, uh, how can you be called a big site if yeah. you if you're down in the second division for sixteen years? Also, when you think about the fact that um, they spent so long, <laughs> nearly getting there, like they were, they spent so much money as well. Spent so much money, and, and they were in the automatics towards the end of the season so many times, oh, and the, then they bottled it, and, well, then, and, and then bottled the playoffs as well. Yeah, Leeds were prime bottlers for yeah. a good four or five seasons. Every season, oh look, Leeds are going to go up, they're going to win, blah 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 blah. Oh yeah, no, they finished third, then they go and lose to Swansea in the, in the yeah. <laughs> but, but then the other point, and, and this is kind of the point that I have, is that historically. Historically, they, they are, are a big, big club. club. Yes, yeah. I, I'm not denying yeah. that. But absolutely, you're right. Bit. Right now, no, of course you, they're not. You cannot be called a big club if you haven't been in the top division for 16 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's like Exeter City saying that they're a big club. It's not, are they? <laughs> not even the biggest club in the Southwest. <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 to be honest, I thought our goal were going to go down this season. Um, um, but they, they, they've had such a good season, you know. Obviously, they're, they're, they're not they're, they're not getting promoted. But in terms of how they did the last time they were in League One, their last season in League One, they've um they they for me they've performed way above my expectations, which might sound harsh, but I expected them to just be bottom of the league. Well, they're they're sixteenth, yeah, sixteenth in the league. They're what they're um. 12 points off of Northampton Town in 21st. Yeah. But teams under them between between 17th and 20th, Shrewsbury have four games in hand, Burton have two, Bristol have one, and Wigan have one. Mm. So if all the teams win their games they, in hand... They might still go down. Yeah, Argyle could still go down. I don't think they will. Put it, mm. uh, like, I'll put it out there. I don't think they will. Yeah. But... To say they've done well is probably a bit of an overstatement. They've yeah. they've performed how I think they expected to perform. They've yeah. had some big results though. They have had some big results. Yeah, I I honestly thought they were going to be at the bottom, and I think as well something that a lot of people underestimate is the difference between League Two and League One. Like not just in terms of the talent and the quality, but the money as well. There's so you need so much more money to compete in League One than you do in League Two, which is why for them to be above the relegation zone, yes, teams below them have got games in hand, but for them to be where they are now, I think it's actually really impressive. Although, in fairness, the last time they got promoted, they were they finished seventh in in their first season in League One, um, which kind of when you look at that you think well actually no the season's not been very good it was weird because they finished seventh and then they got relegated the next season well um, well, well reading strange. did that in the premier league didn't they reading finished eighth in the premier league were like one point yeah. off of a european spot and then Sh- went sheffield united as well yeah went and got relegated the next season yeah sheffield united that's that's a difficult one yeah i don't i don't get that because they they should have had in my view european football last season i, I think they should have got there um, I, I know, I, again, that's harsh because it was their first season. I think European football would have destroyed them, though. Yeah, probably. It, it probably wouldn't have ended too well for them in terms of the, the fixture congestion and the, the depleted squad that they have. But, um, yeah, obviously, financially for them, it would have been it would have been good. Um, 
Chris Wilder, obviously, this wasn't actually even like in my notes, but um, I feel like that's something now we're on that topic. How we got there, I don't know, but now we're on that topic. <laughs> um, I can't believe that. What, I can't believe Chris Wilder's been sacked. Well, they say it's from by mutual consent, don't they? Yeah. But but then again, they do that to save, just to kind of yeah. save some face. Like, oh yeah, we didn't sack him. Yeah, we told him to leave, it and just, he said okay. Exactly. <laughs> it just means leave before you get sacked. Yeah. Like... Um, it makes sense. Realistically, it makes sense. You're bottom of the Premier League table. You've won like three games all season. Um, yes, you did beat Manchester United, but you know that's. <laughs> that's no big feat at the yeah. moment and that that can happen to be fair like yeah. even even the bottom place side can pull off that win but for me it's like Bournemouth got relegated and they sacked Eddie Howe and you're looking at Eddie Howe and Chris Wilder and they are two managers who literally took their clubs from the bottom and got them to the Premier League like I think it's so disrespectful and so harsh to look to take a take a manager who's been so loyal as a player and as a manager to that club and say no I'm not going to give you a chance to get the team back up to the Premier League I'm going to sack you now I think he deserved a chance to get them back up oh he definitely does have the chance there's no doubt about that but I suppose money talks doesn't it yeah and Sheffield United they were probably I don't know they might have been paying Wilder a big sum because of his loyalty to the club but I feel like Wilder's a guy though who wouldn't ask for ask for much that, money. That was my thought. He because he's he was a Sheffield United fan, wasn't he as yeah. well? Um, it's unfair, but I can understand it. But then again, you know that's just the way the world works in football. Yeah, it comes back to that point as well of patience. Like we spoke about Lampard, we spoke about Gerrard, spoke about Ferguson back in his day when he was given that time that he needed, and look how well he did in the end. I just feel like there needs to be more patience in in football, but that, that just doesn't exist anymore. No, it doesn't. If you lose a couple of games in a row, your job's at risk straight away. Yeah. Like Thomas Tuchel, what, he's won 13 games. He could go lose the next four, and they'd be like, ooh, Tuchel yeah. out. Especially with Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's true. <laughs> Let's get him out by the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. Um, we touched on Leicester. We've touched on Man United. Those two play each other on Sunday. That's like the big Premier League game of the weekend. It's not Premier League, it's FA Cup. Yeah. FA Cup that's what I meant <laughs> yeah um, again two sides that are chasing Europe um, well two this, sides this that are second and third in the Premier League respectively aren't exactly they? yeah so I would say chasing the league but no City have got that in the bag City's at this point the bag, yeah. um, but you've got Chelsea Sheffield United Everton Man City is probably going to be a good one as well Bournemouth Southampton that's a, that's like a good South uh, South rivalry there um, but Leicester Man United are two teams obviously they can't win the league United can possibly win the Europa League, to be fair. But I feel like this could be certainly Leicester's best chance of getting a trophy this season. Um, yeah, I, I'd say it is. Um, you would have said the the Europa League if they hadn't have lost to Slavia Prague, of all teams. Yeah. Um, I was surprised because they did so well in the group stages as well, Leicester. Oh, they I, did, I, yeah. I, I looked at them and thought, this is an impressive team. Yeah, but, so did I. Um yeah, it, it's a very good chance of winning a trophy because, you know, Manchester United, they'll be tired. They'll be tired and their squad will be weakened after the win against AC Milan. So the likelihood Solskjaer is going to put out a weakened side. I wouldn't say a weak side, mm. but a weakened side. Um, Leicester will probably do everything in their in their hearts to win it because they're like, well, is it the quarterfinals or the semifinals? Uh, it's quarterfinals. Quarterfinals, yeah. So what's three more games until 
a potential trophy, their first yeah. trophy in, I say, a long time, but it's only, what, six years since they won the Premier League or yeah. five years since they won the Premier League. Yeah, that, um, was, that was 2016. That's, that's gone yeah. so quick, hasn't it? Yeah, Jeez. Um, I, I'm putting out there, I think Leicester will win 2-1. I think they'll shock them. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, it won't be that much of a I, shock. I, wouldn't, I was going to say, I wouldn't be too shocked because they drew two all on Boxing Day. And that that was that was a cracking game. Um, Harvey Barnes's goal, especially, was really really good. That was top quality. Um, but yeah, Leicester again. I think it's it's almost like what I mentioned with Roma earlier and 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 then Tottenham before, where um, it's kind of easy to forget about them. But actually, when you look at it on the face of it, that is a team that can win big games. One hundred percent, and um, well, take the Manchester City five-two game. Yeah, take the exactly. Liverpool three-one game. Yeah, they 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 just put out these amazing results um, against against big teams. To be fair, they get the job done as well against against the smaller teams well, they, too. Well, they beat Sheffield United five-nil um, the other day. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, but the problem with Leicester at the moment is they've got a lot of first-team injuries. They've mm. got, I think, it's seven first-team injuries. Um, including the likes of Harvey Barnes, James Madison, even Ricardo Pereira has picked up another uh, another knock. Yeah, I feel sorry for Ricardo Pereira because yeah. he is he was looking so good before his injury. Um, I, I I don't want it to turn into one of those stories. I remember Nathaniel Klein, um, when he was looking like a top right back for Liverpool, and then he got injured, and then in comes Trent, and Klein doesn't get another look in. Uh, mm. at, at the first team squad I don't want that to happen to Ricardo Pereira obviously um, I keep forgetting is it, it it's Justin James right not James, James Justin James Justin James Justin okay he has um, been incredible yeah he's been on really good form uh, I don't want that to happen to Ricardo Pereira but having said that obviously um, James Justin is English though <laughs> Ricardo Pereira is not yeah. if, if it meant you know as a, as a Leicester fan Ricardo Pereira is very good mm. But James Justin, he's still young, young. Yeah. Uh, signed him from Luton for about £2 million or something like that. And he's been incredible since signing. And if he can keep up that form, there might be an England call-up for him. Yeah. But going back to Trent, he's been left out of the England squad, hasn't he? Yeah, there's no Liverpool players. Not once. Yeah, I was surprised at that. I mean, is Henderson injured? He's injured. Yeah, he's out oh, for that... another three weeks, I want to say. See, that explains Henderson, but... Uh, did you hear what... Um, Southgate said about Trent I didn't he essentially just said he hasn't been good enough he's probably right because mm. uh, I mean none of the Liverpool players have been good enough recently no, uh, what other English players are there Joe Gomez but he's injured yeah uh, um, what you mean for right back oh, no I just mean for England oh um, yeah I mean yeah Gomez is injured um, obviously you've got Harry Maguire but not great um john stones to be fair he, he always looks he always looks like a, a good player for man city it's especially since his last injury he's come back and he's looked a different player john stones has been very much on form this season so yeah. has luke shaw as well i find luke yeah. shaw has well since they signed alex tellez he's turned into the second coming of roberto carlos <laughs> <laughs> um, just needs that pressure yeah uh you've got kyle walker at right back there don't you yeah. As well, Reese James. We've got a lot of right back. Kieran Trippier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not many left backs. Um, ben Chilwell. Ben Chilwell. <laughs> ben yeah. Chilwell and Luke Shaw. That's it, really. But then again, I, I imagine Reese James could play on the left if needs be. Um, obviously, Pickford's been left out of the England squad, hasn't he? 
but he's he is injured. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's another like interesting one because um, obviously Pickford. I think everyone, well, a lot of people, sort of agree that Pickford doesn't really deserve that England spot anymore. Uh, I feel like he's still living off that Columbia shootout. Oh, um, of course he is. Where, uh, obviously, <laughs> and he he was he was brilliant in the shootout. Of course he was. But, he was brilliant in the World Cup, to be fair. Yeah, but then you've got goalkeepers like Nick Pope, Dean Henderson that are coming through. Henderson made a, a cracking save for United last night against, Hen- yeah. against Ibrahimovic. I think a Henderson kept uh, United in that game yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I, um, mean, I yeah. just I just think there's goalkeepers that deserve it more than than Pickford does. Yeah. Um, I I remember before when um. This is interesting because um, this isn't a plug or anything, but I, I was watching the, um, the Happy Hour podcast, <laughs> and um, it was with Ben Foster. I've uh, I've seen clips yeah. of that, yeah. And um, nobody really knew who the number one was, and like you wouldn't find out until like two hours before kickoff who the number one was. Um, it just can't, it almost feels like the same sort of situation now, where Southgate just can't make his mind up who's going to be the number one. Obviously, m- maybe he has, like maybe internally he's made his mind up and he just hasn't said it. Well, in, I, in I reckon I reckon Southgate was waiting for a moment like a Pickford injury mm. to properly try out Henderson. Yeah, um, Henderson deserves even he, he deserves a shot. He's played in what some friendly games, but. This will be a proper test for him, I think. Yeah, well, granted, San Marino and Albania, they're two very, very small teams. Yeah. If he plays against Poland and can, you know, come up against the likes of Lewandowski and do well, then, you you know, you could argue him for the Euros. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is the last international break before the Euros, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, yeah, this is... It's now or nothing, really, isn't it, for him? Yeah, um... I I hope he gets I hope he gets that call up because he he does deserve it. Um, I feel like it's going to take a massive upturn in form for Pickford to mm-hmm. to to get that spot back. Yeah. Um, I'll which... tell you who else has uh, deserved his England call up recall. Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard since form, moving to moving to West Ham has been incredible to yeah. be fair to him. Um, yeah. he's been scoring goals. He's been the, he's been the Jesse Lingard that people expected from him mm. you know five six years ago when he was a young player when he <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, how old is he though he's like 27 28 isn't um he? i don't know I, you know what i think the reason he gets called a young player and again i, I, I don't want to i don't want to come across as too harsh is because i feel like in a lot of people's eyes he just hasn't grown up oh he hasn't um with his you know his jay ling's thing and his kind of yeah, his weird hand that movement. Weird celebration. He, he's got like a whole clothing line yeah. off of that now. He's twenty eight now. Call it yeah. J Ling's. Like, come on. Yeah, it's, it's not one of it. I think, especially sometimes, you just have to, especially when you're not playing that well and you're not on good form. The last thing your fans. Will, I mean, the the best way to put yourself in the doghouse with the fans is to then you know be on bad form and then just release a clothing line, and it's like okay, so you're you're paying more attention to your your business than you are to your football which is what you're paid to do well that happened with Gerard Piquet in Barcelona Piquet wasn't in great form and then he decided to go and set up a tennis tournament <laughs> yeah yeah I didn't get that either yeah because um yeah like Barca obviously they're under so much pressure now the last thing you need is someone going off and doing that is, is your uh yeah your second captain going off and creating a tennis tournament by buying other football clubs <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I mean it's it's weird with Barca because players like PK and Busquets, I always think they're actually older than they are because they've been there for such a long time. 
but PK's own thirty three now. Yeah, I'd say or thirty four. And like Sergio Busquets, I think has only recently turned thirty one or something. And I thought he was like. 35, 36. To be fair to Sergio Busquets, he does look a lot older than he actually is. (laughs) I think, yeah, he's 32 now. Um, I think, like, I don't know, because it just kind of feels like um, Busquets has been there through everything. Because he he signed, or he didn't sign, but he came up as a... Came through La Masia. 2007, 2008 or something something like that. that. Um, So it just feels like it's been... He's, he's been there for so long, so um, for him to have such a prolonged career um, over there, it's been amazing. But especially at the same club as well, it's a bit like Totti, yeah, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. And um, um, De Rossi, yeah. Is it De Rossi? Is that his name? Uh, I think it's De Rossi. The one who played for Roma. Yeah, yeah. I know um, what you mean. Um, yeah, yeah, that that sort of loyalty is it, it's good to see. It's, it's hard refreshing to find to as well. Yeah, it's very hard to find. Um, Staying on that topic of loyalty, what do you think about Messi? Because with that, with with the Laporta news and the fact that Barca have really turned up their form, a lot of people are saying that Messi will stay after all, at least for one more year, if not for the rest of his career. Well, um, he seems happier now. He definitely seems happier. That is for sure. But at Laporta's inauguration the other day, he, uh, Messi was there because I yeah. think club, club captain has to be or something like that. And um, Laporta straight up said. I'm going to do everything in my power to keep you, Leo. He he straight up said that to him. He's just like, you can have a lifetime contract. You can have whatever you like Yeah. if you stay. I mean, feel free to leave if you want, but I mean, I'm going to try to do everything in my power to make you stay, Yeah. <laughs> to keep you, to, to convince you to stay. Um, He was making it, he was laughing about it and, and everything, but I imagine they've already had the talk. Probably. And I, I imagine Laporta has somewhat of an idea as to what Messi is going to do. Um, but you, Bar- Barcelona will be thinking back to the glory days under Laporta and could think, mm, this might, we might, we could be able to do this again. Because I think under Laporta, what, they won the Champions League in 2006 Six. and yep. in 2009. And that 2008-9 team is like, highly regarded as one of the greatest yeah. ever teams in football. How many trophies did they win that season? Six. Six. I mean, Bayern have just won six, but I think what makes the Barcelona one more impressive is one, the amount of homegrown players they had, mm. and two, the quality of teams around them at the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, they, they beat Madrid 6-2. Yeah. Which was <laughs> incredible. When you, th- when you look at the, you know, Bayern six trophies, they won... They won the Champions League very convincingly, being Barcelona 8-2, yes. They beat PSG in the final. That was a boring game. Um, they they won the Bundesliga, but they win the Bundesliga nearly every season anyway. They won the DFB Polkal, but they they win that nearly every season as well. The biggest team they'd come up against is Dortmund. Um, they nearly lost the Club World Cup final to, uh, to Tigres. To be fair, I remember Liverpool had a really tough time in the Club World Cup final last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, they struggled a bit. Uh, uh, to, I think it was a Firmino extra time goal or something that, something that, like that, that won yeah. them the game. Um, so, yeah, I guess there are some tenacious teams in that. But I, I guess like we have to appreciate all of these good teams. But, that yeah, that Barca team was something special, especially when you look at players like Xavi, Iniesta, Messi, Henri, Eto'o. Some really big names in football at the time. It was incredible. 
Puyol, Abidal. Yeah. yeah, so so many good. Yeah, I always forget about Abidal. Um, but he was a great left back. Danny Alves as well. I I feel like his his like prime was a bit after that. But um, I loved Danny Alves as he a player. Was great. He was so good. He was he reinvented the right back role. Yeah. Yeah. He he is the reason players like, you know, Trent exist today. He'll get up there, he'll put balls in. He can even score them every now and again. Yeah. I think him and like Cafu were two right backs that I looked at and thought, "Wow, yeah. th- these guys are so good at what they do because obviously they weren't the first right backs to go forward of course not but they they, they made it their own (laughs) yeah I think they were the first right backs to be able to sprint up and down the pitch for 90 minutes like consistently didn't get tired and yeah they they were amazing amazing players well every team wants one don't they yeah no um Wolves signed Nelson Semedo to do the same thing um Reese James kind of does it kind of doesn't but Reece James will play anywhere he'll play in the midfield and play it right back and probably play a striker if you asked him to <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah they were just um, they were different gravy <laughs> yeah yeah they were um, just the last kind of well not the last maybe not the last I don't know we can keep talking for ages but um, on Monday night obviously Wolves and Liverpool played um, Liverpool won one nil. Diogo Jota scored against his old club. Um, a good old, uh, good old goal against Liverpool. I don't know if he celebrated or not. I didn't. Um, uh, I didn't see. But uh, sure. anyway, so he scored on his on his return. But the the big talking point obviously was was Rui Patricio. Um, and Monday night was the first time that one of those concussion substitutions was used, where mm-hmm. Wolves had used all three of their subs. But they were allowed to bring on another sub. So John Ruddy came on as their, I guess, fourth sub, but John the, Ruddy, the concussion oh sub. God. Yeah, what? A, he's a Premier League legend, isn't he? That yeah. One? Um, why has it taken so long though for that to happen? Because concussions have been well known to be so damaging to to players' lives after they retire. We we we've known this for years, and yet nothing gets done about it. Like, why is it taken until 2021 for concussion substitutions to be introduced when that should have happened many years ago? I think football's behind the times in sport when it comes to stuff like that, injuries. Because take rugby, for example. If a player gets injured or a player gets concussed or potentially gets concussed, you can bring on a 10-minute substitution yeah. or, or a temporary substitution that, say in Patricio's case, Patricio, if he was okay, mm. was okay to carry on, he goes off 15 minutes. They test him for concussion. If he's fine, he can come back on and continue. If not, Ruddy stays on. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Does. Because, you know, players can go off like with potential concussion, potential concussion, and then be completely fine. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, well, I've missed out on, you know, missed out on half a game here because I knocked my head, but I'm fine. Yeah. Where, uh, um, I think they, I think rugby do it in normal uh, injuries as well. You get injury substitutions, and um, football's always been behind the times. Though they were behind the times with VAR, they're still behind the times with VAR. Yeah, <laughs> and Gala technology as well. And Gala, Frank, I, I am Frank Lampard will be happy about that. I am amazed it took that long <laughs> for goal and technology to come in. Yeah, well, because because they had it in tennis and cricket. I'm pretty sure yeah. from from the 90s. Yeah, I, th- I think they had it then. 
So I just don't understand, especially because it's like statistically, and this is it's a fact. I'm talking about facts. N- don't no do if buts maybe. I do <laughs> facts. I do absolutes. Um, absolutes. Sadio Mane. Um, but uh, it, it is the world's most popular sport. Oh, so yeah. it just doesn't make any sense why, with respect, much smaller sports like <clears> tennis and um, and cricket were able to introduce that that technology so much earlier. Um, and you're right, like head injuries come under that same bracket because obviously, as you say in rugby, you can go off for a HIA or a, a head injury assessment and then come back on. Um, it, it, it it just feels like from, from a fan's perspective, that's where it's the most frustrating because it's so easy and it's just a no-brainer to introduce these things. But FIFA are just so reluctant to change. It's like VAR. It actually started in 2012 um, in the Netherlands. Like um, the, the Dutch league suggested it. And at the start, they actually said, we're going to review every single incident that happens during the game. And then we're like, mm, that's not going to work. But when they eventually got it nailed, like during that first season, 2012-13, and they were like, okay, this is a good system. FIFA just didn't want to change. No. But and, and to an extent, it's like, okay, you don't want to change in terms of like a rule for the game, which will change it. And VAR has changed football a lot. But when it comes to somebody's life, like for example, if you get a really bad head injury, but you carry on playing, like look, look what's happened to, uh, I forgot who it was, but there was that, was that a 19 year old or something who had to retire from the game yes. um, after he got, yeah. after he got a knock to the head. And it has such a big impact on people's lives. So it just doesn't make any sense why your own pride would get in the way of that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't understand FIFA. It, it's the traditionalists almost. It's yeah. all, you can't change from the old school, blah, blah, blah. Or if he's injured, he can just shake it off, you know? Yeah. Sort of thing. Like, um, football has changed, and people have just got to live with that. Mm. P- football will always change. In 10 years' time, throw-ins might be a thing of the past, for all we know. Yeah. yeah. And people will just <laughs> have to accept that. Throw-ins are, throw-ins are pointless. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't get it. Especially because it's so easy to, to foul throw. And to be fair... 90% of the throw-ins I see during games are foul throws. Yeah, just but... stick a wall around the edge of the pitch and just bounce it off the wall <laughs> exactly, whenever you yeah. want to get it by. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, but I, I definitely think that football should do something about injury substitutions and not just, you know, concussion. Because one thing I also very much disagree with is say I slide tackled you, you're injured. Mm. You have to come, You have to get treatment Yeah. on the pitch. You have to go off the pitch for however long before the referee decides you yeah. can come back on. Yet me, who fouled you, <laughs> yeah. can stay on. <laughs> Stupid. I think both players should go off yeah. until the injured player can come back on. Yeah, that's nah, put on. It's it makes on. sense because you've got, the, you've got the likes of, you know, some dirty clubs like Birmingham who will foul players left, right and centre. Sorry, Birmingham. I'm not sorry for I'm a Reading fan and they were the, they were they were the dirtiest players I have seen in ages the other day. Yeah. Um but they were fouling left, right and centre and our players had to keep going off and waiting to come back on. Yet all of them they had eleven men the entire time. Mm. Yeah, that's that's not fair at all. Um yeah, I think you're right. I think the other players should go off. I mean, either that or just like they, they they do it in rugby as well. The the medics just go off and the player just carries on. Yeah, like they, or, they don't have to go off the pitch at all. Yeah, I I st- I also think they should stop the clock. 
when the ball goes out of play. Yeah, yeah, that that system works really well well in rugby as well because then I remember um, and VAR comes into this as well. I think it was a Watford game last season where there was one minute added on at the end of the half, um, but v, there was a VAR review which took about two three minutes. So I thought, how is that one minute added yeah. on? Whereas obviously, if you just as you say stop the clock, then you know that you've had all the time. Um, I think to play the half. The instance that there is a VAR review, you've stopped the clock. Yeah. And you don't play it until the whistle blows his ref- blows his referee. His whistle referee. blows his referee. <laughs> the referee blows his whistle to go- to continue the game. Because you'll get in 90 minute games that sometimes have six minutes of extra time. Mm. But also have only had 50 minutes of the ball actually in play. Yeah. Because it would stop time wasting as well. Definitely would. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, I think as soon as referee blows his whistle, clock stops. Yep. As soon as he blows it again, clock starts. Unless you're Lee Mason, then it'll stop and start, stop and start. Yeah, <laughs> he's like he's like Boris Johnson. <laughs> start the game. Nope, stop the game. Um, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, that's something that I really um, I enjoyed when I watched like the first time I watched rugby. I thought this is really smart. They're just stopping the clock and just so if um, if for example there's a stoppage. Obviously, you don't add it on at the end because I've seen it as well when um, there's been like six minutes added on, and I thought, "Where's that come from?" There's only been like half a minute of stoppage in this yeah. half. Like, where have you got six minutes from? The, um, the way rugby is officiated is very, very. It's well. really good. Like, like the TMO works perfectly. Yeah, when you look at the the difference between football and rugby and the way it's officiated, oh, it's 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 what so so different. Yeah, but it's, rugby works so well. Yeah, it's just a much. I don't want to say it's a better sport, but in terms of the officiating, it's so much better run than football is. And also the fact that you haven't got players rolling around. And that, that's the thing as well, like with, with injuries, like sending a player off the pitch, um, you don't know when a player's faking it or not. No. So it's like you go off the pitch and like you might just run back on because you've just you've just been time-wasting. And again, like if you stop the clock, then nobody does that because there's no point in doing it. Yeah. You don't gain anything from it, um, which I think would be a... There would be some time wasting in the whole, you know, taking a goal kick, referee blows his whistle, you take half an hour to take your kick. Yeah. But then you just get booked <laughs> for that. Yeah. That there, there, there needs to be a way to lengthen the amount of time the ball is actually in play mm. because it's getting shorter and shorter every single game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, that's right. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying football's always been clean. Football's um, never been clean, but really, as, has it? Uh, yeah, but it's like I think before it was, I think it was better. Like, because there wasn't, there wasn't anywhere near as much cynicism as there is now, um, in the game. I yeah. don't think. I, I did. I have to say, I did like it before. But the referee's decision is final. Whether he's got it right or got it wrong, the referee's mm. decision is final. Yeah. Sometimes it went ro- went in your favor. Sometimes it didn't. But like, but then that was what VAR was brought in for. Yeah, and it just hasn't worked. No, it, it's caused even more controversy than before. Yeah. Oh, the referee's got a decision wrong. Well, now he's got video evidence to prove that he got yeah. it wrong. Yet they still didn't change it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think um, that's why. And again, we'll compare it to rugby. That's why I really love the fact that rugby referees have got a mic, um, because then th- there's no hiding from it. I, I remember um, that Liverpool Spurs game. When the ref walked over to the liner and the, the like, the mic on the camera picked it up, and then we just said, "I don't know whether it's a penalty or not," and then he just went and gave the penalty anyway. And, and I think if you put a mic on the ref and if you bring referees in for an interview after the game, 
I think it will change it a bit because referees' mindsets will suddenly change from, you know, I I I can just relax and like I can make the wrong decision and I'll get protected by the FA. Well, it's to, as, as I we have to make the right yeah. decision now. It's as we talked about last week, isn't it? Yeah, where referees are scared to give the wrong the wrong decision in case it gets changed or they get criticised for it. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's just like because it's it's like a footballer. Like if you go out and make a mistake, you you're gonna have to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you're a referee and you make a mistake, okay, you've made a mistake. But if you're just honest about it and say, yeah, I messed up, you'll get a lot more respect for it. Um, so I'd love to see that. Um, so yeah, just lastly, Champions League, who's going to win it? Manchester City. Oh, bold call, bold call. Europa League. Um, Ajax. Ajax. Yeah, I'd love to see that. What about you? Um. um I'm gonna and, s- and don't say Liverpool. Well, we can't win it anyway. <laughs> can't can't win anything. Um, no. Uh, oh, t- so Champions League. I'll say Bayern. I'll be boring and I'll say Bayern again. Bayern, um, Bayern's the safe call, isn't it? I did. It, I did yeah. want to say Bayern. But <laughs> but as, as, as long as PSG win, I don't care who wins it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll say Bayern and Europa League. Well, I can't say Sevilla. They're not in it. <laughs> I I'm, I'm going to say Man United. United. I'm, I'm going to say Man United are going to win the. Europa I don't League. think Arsenal will win it. Put it that way. No. Yeah. It's <laughs> either going to be the winners of well, it's going to be one of four teams: Ajax, Roma, Manchester United, or I think Granada, whoever Man United play. It'll be that side of the draw. Mm. Arsenal aren't winning the Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal are not a good enough footballing side to win the Europa League. Yep. I'll um I'll cut to this when Arsenal win the Europa League. Uh, <laughs> you, you know what you got to do. You've got to play. You've got to play the commentary for when Arsenal win the Europa League, and then you'll just put straight afterwards. Arsenal won't win the. Yeah. Won't win the Europa League. <laughs> straight after. Famous last words. Yeah. Uh, right. That's been it for episode two. Um, we won't be here next week because um, we're busy. We're doing uh, was it PDT sessions. I think it's yeah. So yeah, we won't be here next week. But the week after that, we'll be back. Uh, we'll bring you some more news and. Um, really uneducated banter on football (laughs) and until then goodbye thank you goodbye